I think the biggest thing for me with running is just the amount of confidence it's given me. When I was at school, I was such a shy person, you know, total wallflower. I didn't like speaking in front of anyone, you know, found it really difficult to talk to strangers and would just kind of like hide in my shell and be invisible if I could. And I suppose running really kind of helped me come out of my shell because you know, it was it was something that I was proud of, and it was something I was good at. So I was I was quite happy to run in front of people. You know, so why couldn't I talk in front of people? And I think over the years, especially kind of as I got better, you know, maybe I'd have to do some interviews with people, or you know, post race interviews, that kind of thing. And I just you know I just learned that you know it's not actually as scary as it seems. And I think the sport really helps with that because, you know, when I've just finished a race and someone comes for a chat, you know, emotions are really high. You know, I, of course, it's really nice and easy to have that chat with someone there. So it was, you know, it's very transferable to the rest of my life. And I think that's really helped me through the rest of school and the rest of uni, just being a more outgoing person and not being afraid to kind of speak out, I guess. Welcome to episode 13 of the Explore Running Podcast. It's me, Callum Crichton, again with Jenny Rhys Jenkins, and we are delighted to be joined by a world record holder, Erica Clarkson. Hi, Erica. Woo! Hey, hi, Callum. <laughs> hi, Jenny. Thank you for Hello. having me. Yeah, oh, thanks thank for coming you. on. Uh, again, as always, it's fairly last minute, so really chuffed that you could come on and, and join us, um, and we can chat about some happy stuff hopefully in this midst of all this coronavirus oh nonsense. god yeah <laughs> needed <laughs> yeah well needed well needed right. so yeah as uh, I did actually manage to give you some pre-warning so um, we uh, try to ask most of the guests to kick off with what is your funniest running related story okay so I don't I, I actually really struggled with this question because um, I do a lot of my running on my own um, and unless I'm laughing at myself, I'm <laughs> not a funniness. Um, so I was thinking about um, so the, when I, I did the West Highland Way race last year, and it was horrific. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, and I picked up my support runners um, at the Green Ready, and off we went. Mm. And then for about the, like for the, the second half of the race, they did nothing but sing rugby songs at me. There's a song that goes like Dinah, Dinah, show us she likes. So it was that one, and one man went to another right for like like for 50 miles. And every every few steps, I'd have to throw up. I'd stop and vomit, and they kept that up for miles and miles and miles and oh, for hours and hours okay. and hours and hours. So it's kind of a, yeah, I look back on it now and it was funny, also a little bit annoying. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's the story yeah. that came to mind. That's quite an epic one. <laughs> I do spend yeah. quite a lot of time um, ducking behind bushes when I'm doing long trail runs. Um, so, you know, there's some fun in that, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny's, if I'm with someone else. If I'm with someone Jen, else. Jenny's peoples would love to hear about that. that yeah, yeah they're yeah. obsessed. Obsessed. About about these stories. Stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, singing, singing weird songs uh, on, on a run, it just reminded me of 
a time. So I did the the Mull of Kintyre half marathon about six years ago or something, seven years ago, and um, I well, I'll work out when it was. It was seven years ago because my daughter, who is now seven, was a baby, and we took the long drive down to just north of Campbelltown, where the run is, um, with my sort of five-month-old baby, and we had to stop like heaps of times, and it took about eight hours. We had like the songs on in the car and all that sort of thing, and I remember I did the first half of that half marathon a bit quick, and I was struggling a bit second half, <clears throat> and I was just having one of those races where I'm like, I just want this to be over, but I could not get the song, Do You Know the Muffin Man, out of my head. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's terrible. And I don't, I don't know the words, so it was like just the first two lines going over around <laughs> right my head. Oh man, what a nightmare! Have you learnt uh, it since? No, I haven't. I can't. I can't listen to it. I hate it. <laughs> I've got a teenager here who uh, who plants random insane <laughs> songs on my running track playlist. Alright. Oh. <laughs> the other night, bashing out my tempo run. And a tune called Fat Labrador came on. Do you know that tune? <laughs> no, that's a new one. <laughs> well, that one up, Fat Labrador. And uh, yeah, just when I needed it to be something like, you know, The Prodigy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> probably makes you laugh, though. Yeah, yeah, or cry, swear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool. Um, right, so let's... Get, before we dive into things like amazing world records and that sort of thing, maybe get can we get a bit of background? I I really don't know much about your story, Erica. To be honest, um, I haven't had time to do much research at all. So maybe for my benefit, as much as anyone else's, if you could give us a wee bit of background about your your running and how you got into running and and what sort of running you do, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm Erica Clarkson, and um, I live on an island in Orkney, so I live on Orkney mainland in a wee village called Evie by the Sea, um, and it's beautiful, and I do most of my running here, obviously. And I ran as a youngster in school, and I ran, and I was, I was reasonably, you know, I was acceptable. I was always on the athletics team, and I was re- reasonably fast, and uh, did much, much shorter distances, no more than 800 metres. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I ran as an adult, just you know, doing what we all do to try and keep fit. You know, maybe 30 miles a week. And then I stopped, and uh, work got in the way, and my career got in the way, and I got a little bit fat, <laughs> and got a little bit old, <laughs> and. And then about three years ago, um, actually, now I was carrying weight and. Uh, I was doing nothing but working, working all the time, um, and I just got hold of myself. And I was experiencing can I'm really sorry. Jenny and I are going to talk about periods and oh. menopause. <laughs> my, my house is my house is female dominated. I can handle it. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I just kind of started not feeling like myself. Yeah, so I started feeling um, kind of disconnected from my own sense of self. I um, I was a little bit ragey um, and lethargic and just just not not myself. So uh, I, I just one day I just kind of I went for a little run and then um, I didn't go. The first one is always the easiest. The second run someone said to me once is the hardest. And right enough, I think it took me about 
six months to do the second <laughs> run. <laughs> um, so I downloaded the Catch to 5K podcast, and I and I did that. And I would, I mean, I know this is a common story for lots of women, particularly. I I ran after dark because um, even though I'm you know in a fairly remote area, I do have some neighbours that probably didn't need to see me wobbling down the road. So um, I uh, I did that, and I did that. Um, what I found actually was that I outran it. So I got to maybe week four, week five, and I was already needing to, to run further, and it was feeling it was coming quite easily. So I kind of got all full of myself and thought, yeah, you know, I can run, look at me. And so I signed up for, well, my neighbor here, a wonderful woman called Jane. She's a teacher, Jenny, so she's amazing, and mm. she's a great runner. And she said to me, come on, we're going to do the Kirkwall 10K, the, the, the St. Magnus Marathon. We have this great marathon here every year. Um, perhaps not this year, obviously, COVID year. But yeah. um, so my mom will do this 10k, and um, and so I did, and it felt like the furthest distance you could ever imagine running. And I was I was literally third from last. It took me about an hour and I don't know 40 minutes. <laughs> so I kind of limped around. It did get held up by a tractor at, um, <laughs> on the on the. <laughs> oh, I love it. That sounds like what would happen in the Kirkwall 10k, doesn't it? Uh, so, <laughs> A bit of a hazard here, um, and uh, and then the next so that was that was great. No, I loved it. I got my medal, and I felt amazing, and I loved it, and the sense of kind of camaraderie and friendship, and um, and I and I loved I loved that. And so I then did um, the Cape Ross Marathon, not not the multi-day one, but just the marathon that comes at the end of the week. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they do the kind of block week, or I think they're now on their penultimate week, uh, penultimate year of that, but. So I signed up, went off to Cape Roth, and I ran this beautiful marathon where you catch a little boat to go over, mm-hmm. uh, and then you run up the hill to the lighthouse, you get a wee whiskey, and then you run down again. So I did that, and I was like, you know, I was zooming up the hill, and I was feeling amazing. I got to the lighthouse, I had maybe shot, maybe drown, and then I turned around, and at about mile 18, it just fell apart, and I vomited everywhere, and it was just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Uh, so that that took me a really long time, but I finished that and I felt sad. Um, and uh, then the next thing, I, then it was just a big jump. So I signed up for one of the GB Ultras. Um, it was the Pennine uh, Pennine Way Ultra. So that was running across three enormous hills down in uh, in England and 53 miles. And you know, I actually I wasn't last, and it was amazing. It was horrible. It was really hard. Um, but I didn't vomit on that one probably because I was going so slow. But um, I loved it, and then that was it. So I just kind of found my thing, and um, what I seemed to find at the end of all of those experiences was that I felt like I could run further. Mm-hmm. So um, although I couldn't run very quickly, I just felt I could just keep going for a little bit more, and so that that was it. Um, and there's a guy who who comes from Orkney called William Fitchell. I don't know if you guys know him, but yeah, yeah. we've yeah, spoken about him on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So William. Uh, lots of your listeners will know him as well, and he's uh, obviously a total legend. Yeah. Um, and he sort of took me under his wing, and he taught me how to run slowly but very far, but very slowly, and um, and talked me through some of his kind of learning. He's vomited all over Europe as well. <laughs> so we, we had that in common. Um, and he became a really great friend and uh, he sort of inspired me um, to run further. So that, that's, a, that's a very long introduction to 
to my running, really. I'm sorry, Callum and Jim. No, not at all, not at all. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty common for people to go sort of 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, but um, sounds like you went from <laughs> 10K to 53 miles in about a year or something. How, how long was that journey? Was it? So Am I picking it was that up actually... Right? So I did the um, I did the the St Magnus Marathon in the July, and then just a couple of couple of months later. So it was all within the space of a few months. So it wasn't even a year. It was like six wow. months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So on reflection, it was quite naive and perhaps a bit dumb. But um, you know, I was just talking about this with my coach just um, just at the weekend, and you know, he, I'm sure he despairs of me <laughs> for for a number of reasons, but. Um, <laughs> I kind of do this thing that a lot of runners do, and, and I, I panic when a race gets announced, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to sign up for that race, that just looks amazing, so I just kind of blast off my membership, and sorry, my um, my entry fee, and I sign up for all of these races, and um, I, sort of, I sort of pulled back a bit from that now, we were discussing, my coach and I, that perhaps the reason for that was because I kind of almost needed to sign up for stuff to see what I liked, and what I was capable of, and yeah. what that yeah, so what's that comfortably for me? Um, so for him, you know, he does he does a lot of twenty four hour races, and that's his specialism, um, and he he found that. But but for me, it was I, I kind of crammed in a lot of years of running in a very short space of time mm. to, to get the experience to see what see what I can be good at or yeah, true. competent at rather than good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think you're. I think you can say good. That's fine. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, you said. I mean, although you ran when you were at school, I mean, you really you've only been running for three years. I, I, I'm amazed by that, given <laughs> that you, you've got that amazing world record, and I'm sure you've achieved lots of other amazing things as well within those three years. So, um, what what do you think is your favourite type of race then, since you're getting in, into that with your so, coach? That's a really timely question, actually, because um, I did the usual thing. You know, I've signed up this year for a number of races that actually um, I was kind of half-hearted about um, mm -hmm. and, and scared of, actually. Uh, so some of the experiences I've had on some of the races have been fairly unpleasant, mostly because of nausea, not because of the ability to go far. It's just being sick just kind of grinds me to a halt. And where I feel most comfortable is, I think, the 50k kind of mark for me. Okay. Um, so you know, I know I can run. I, can, I know I can run 30 miles without throwing up. I know I can run 48 miles without throwing up. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> but but when it hits me, it hits me really bad, and I, and it, it, it you know I, I struggle yeah. on, but it's really not pleasant. And I just want my running to be nice and fun and enjoyable, um, not mm -hmm. easy just a, a good experience yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah I can appreciate that yeah so I know I know lots of people get get tummy issues as well um, so I'm not it's not unique to me but I, I want to enjoy what I'm doing but I also quite like the 12-hour format as well mm. <laughs> I, I quite like that and I love a loop I'm just quite comfortable <laughs> going round and we, we've got an interesting 12-hour uh, um, run here in Aberdeenshire that we do for charity. We did it last year. It's up and down the local hill, so you go up, up four miles, 
back four miles effectively and do it as many times as possible in 12 hours. So that's in September. Wow. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ping you the link, see if you fancy it. <laughs> ping me the link. How, hard, yeah. how big is the hill? Uh, it's I all right. It's the only ultra thing I've ever done. I did seven times last year, seven times up and down, and it was like between eight and 9,000 feet in total, I think. So it's okay. not. It's a, it's a it's a decent hill, but it's not. You can stay with me, Erica. You can come and stay here. We'll we'll chat and hike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. an interesting thing I noticed also. Again, just discussing this with James, my coach, and um, recently I've actually become really nervous of downhill running. I don't know how you guys are with that, but I used to kind of always feel that that was one of my strengths. I could mm, yeah very slowly but I felt really confident zooming down it but now I'm kind of I'm sort of mincing down like a wee old lady I mean I'm I'm still quite happy charging down the hill and um, haven't probably done much in the way of uh, hardly any hill racing for a while but um, I do go up and down that hill I was speaking about fairly regular and sometimes when I feel like it I just have a fast run down and yeah I'm, I'm quite happy actually yeah yeah I guess it just depends there's lots yeah. of factors isn't there like if you fall I fall a lot and that always makes me really hesitant for a while like it takes a long time to like get sort of gutsy again and feel confident within what I'm doing but just practice, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's, it's so hard to get. Definitely, loads of practice helps. But I, yeah. I've, um, yeah, I said I haven't done much in the way of hill racing, but I've, the Benahee Hill Race um, is one locally to us, <clears throat> which is like an eight mile, eight mile, eight and a half miles or something, and it's pretty tasty. But there's a couple of it's pretty it's really runnable, but there are a couple of pretty steep bits. And I remember I've done it twice, and the first time I did it, I was way more hesitant because I was really inexperienced at racing on hills and that sort of thing. But the second time, which was a couple of years later, and I had sort of purposely been doing a bit more on the hills and, and on the downhills, really testing myself and running fast down the hill. And I remember in that race, the second time, I was just going for it. And I think the competitiveness in me helped as well because I was like, well, I was in a bit of a race with a couple of these guys. And I was like, you know, I was sort of, I was kind of setting the pace on the downhills and, uh, had I not been in a race, there's no way I'd have been going that quick. But, you know, I was kind of just pushing it to the edge for me. You know, there's guys who would go a lot quicker than me. But, yeah. And it turned out to be really good fun, you know, racing these guys uh, uh, down the hill was cool. Like, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I do get the the hesitancy as well because you can, well, obviously you can fall. And if you fall at speed whilst you're going downhill, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to mm-hmm. hurt, isn't it? So, um, and you could injure yourself and, uh, you know, be out running for a while, I guess, but, yeah. We have quite a fun hill race here in Orkney called the Wideford Hill Race once really? a year. Yeah, so we don't have many hills, it's quite flat. Have you guys been to Orkney? Yeah, my, yeah. So do you know the, White, the Wideford Hill with the mask uh, on the top? I, I, know, I didn't know that was a hill race, though. Yeah. I, know, I know the hill. <laughs> is, so that you anywhere, is that anywhere near the Stone Circle? Uh, everywhere is fairly near some stone circle or other. Yeah. Okay. 
the famous there's the famous a lot. one that uh, that we're the, a lot Billy Connolly danced around naked is that that's, yeah, that yeah. was the Ring of Brodka, yeah. Ah, okay. that's, I've been there. We do that a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody was, nobody was uh, naked that day because it was absolutely bucketing down the rain. It was horrible, cold October. Yeah. So my, my only memories of being in Orkney were, were that stone circle <laughs> and uh, the pissing rain and uh, drinking in a pub just up it was in Kirkwall, just up the sort of alleyway from the harbour in this pub and getting absolutely hammered. That's all I remember about Orkney. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. Yeah. 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 There's a bit more to it than that. Kind of <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I definitely want to come back. Yeah. Um, come we're, back over there, we're over there for like two days for a, a, a birthday party or something, so it was a bit of a fleeting visit. And because the weather was so rubbish, we didn't really go and see much, but yeah, what, yeah. What was it like when you did your crazy challenge? What was the weather like then? The thing, the thing about that was, um, so we we prepared for the worst possible weather because it was December and it's an island uh, and it's, as Callum just said, it's always pouring. It's all well, not always. It's often very very <laughs> windy. Very yeah. Very and that was my biggest worry because that's really tiring, right? You know, running in the wind all the yeah. time. Just, I can't believe you did it. <laughs> well, you know, we had the most amazing run of weather you could ever have hoped oh, for. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But, um, it was cold and icy, which isn't ever hardly here. Sorry, hang on a sec. Hmm. That's just my husband putting the cat into another room. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> home with the Clarksons. Um, yeah, so the weather, it was really icy, um, and I'd get down to the track early in the morning, there'd be frost on the ground, and that's really unusual for here, because the sea keeps the temperature uh, warm enough, so that we don't often get frost. Um, and there was one day when it was horrendous, and, you know, there were 30, 40 mile an hour winds, and you can't escape it on that track. Um, but yeah. for the majority of the time... It was fine. It was really fine. And when it was windy, um, I have some brilliant friends here, and they would they would run in front of me. They'd create a little windbreak. Oh, <laughs> like like Elliot Kipchoge. Yeah. So I would. Yeah. I would. Sing <laughs> me. I don't know. Is that the right? Phrase? That's amazing. Yeah, I'm exactly like Kipchoge in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you set an official world record for this, you didn't, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> take, take that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the weather was good, and, but I bought, I bought all the kits, everything you could have imagined. I know that you had Deb on here the other week, and she was talking to you about how much she spent on socks for, for the oh, yeah. slide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I outspent her completely. <laughs> I bought everything I could possibly ever think I would need, just because... I wasn't moving very quickly, and we were worried I'd be really cold. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's fair. Yeah. So the the world the the run that you're speaking about, which is a world record, and um, it was fifty k a day for ten consecutive days, which on a four hundred meter track, so one hundred and twenty four laps a day. One hundred and twenty four laps sounds. <laughs> Absolutely mental. But they repeat it ten times in a row is unbelievable. So, where did the idea come from for this record attempt? Uh, so, I was just talking with um, 
with a friend about doing something. You know, it, it just became a thing, and I was just chatting about it, and 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 uh, and then suddenly it just grew arms and legs. And I contacted a charity, thinking there's no way they're going to be interested in little old me from Orkney. And then it just spiraled to the point where I was, you know, there was there was no going back. So the charity got super excited. It was Wellbeing of Women. Um, a charity in London who do amazing research for um, women and their babies, and across the across the whole life course for women. So, you know, girls through um, uh, through puberty and and into childbirth and into menopause. Um, so they they and they yeah they were so supportive and so enthusiastic that I didn't have the heart mm -hmm. to pull out. <laughs> 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 so once we had that and then they kind of got a little bit of media coverage and um, you know I made I made the Sunday Mail and um, and it, and then so the more people I told the more people who found out the the more committed I had to become. But yeah. we did actually have, we had two false starts. Um, one due to illness, and then the other because my dad died uh, in the summer, so uh, we had to delay the the whole thing twice, which was, um, yeah, it was kind of it was hard. And and in the end, um, so I remember just sitting here on this this sofa where I am right now talking to you guys, one Sunday, and I just sent an email to to, to my coach James and said. Do you think we could just do this before the end of the year, before the end of 2019, from this start, from a standing start? Can can we just get it done so that next year um, I can just focus on racing? We didn't we didn't know that we'd be in this current situation, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no. No racing. Um, but um, uh, he just came back and he said, "Well, you know what? You, you'll be undercooked. You won't be ready." physically to do your very best but yeah absolutely we can get you out there and we can get you moving so so we did it that's amazing yeah thank you I mean, it, is, it is amazing absolutely so um what what was the format first of all so you did 124 laps a day i, I presume you didn't do them all in one direction were you how often were you changing well, the first thing to say is that um, Guinness have some very strict criteria about what you have to do uh, in order to, to, to have your record verified, whether that's seeing how many pegs you can stick on your face, how many ultra runners you can fit into a mini, or whether you're doing a kind of athletic attempt mm -hmm. like I did on the track. Um, so they told me exactly what I had to do. Um, and uh, So I changed direction every hour. I started within the same kind of time frame every day, so between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock was my start time, um, and I allowed myself that little bit of window because, um, actually because I've got a son I have to get to school, and dogs I have to walk, <laughs> um, and also to maximize the, the most um, I could from my recovery time to get the best recovery I had in the time available to me between, between days. So then I would, so I would just run in one direction, and every hour I would turn around. Um, and for Guinness, I had to on the hour I had to do a two-minute video every hour, which actually oh is really goodness. hard to do. Um, and sometimes I did that myself, and sometimes uh, somebody took it for me. But you know, I kind of just had to chat to the camera for two minutes every hour, turn direction, and then just repeat and repeat. What, sorry to interrupt, what was the purpose of the video? Well, because I guess I'm on an island or because it was a, a, a consecutive day attempt, they didn't send anyone to verify the Oh, record. so you were chatting to mm. someone? Or was it just recording? 
just recording. Um, and so all of that had to be collated with various other things to um, oh. with the right evidence that they needed. So there was all my kind of um, my stats from my Garmin, my um, my Strava actually, my Strava um, information, the videos, and hundreds and hundreds of witness forms. So everybody wow. that came to the track or who was passing by had to sign a form to say that they saw me doing the attempt. Wow. <laughs> and the logbook, obviously, a daily logbook. But the hardest thing was that they would only allow me, so listen to this because this, really, this is really interesting and I'm not quite sure they, why they did this, but they would only allow me five minutes break in every hour. So that's five minutes to get off the track, to change any wet kit, to have a pee, to, you know, to have a, a massage or whatever, you know, to deal with any pain or any issues um, mm. and then get back out there. Wow. But what we actually, what, what they did say we could do was to bank it. So we could bank those five minutes. Right. Okay. So I would run for four hours nonstop and then I could have a 20 minute break if I wanted. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of how we did it. Um, so... Um, and that was really important as the attempt went on because by about day seven, day eight, I was in quite a lot of pain. So um, the wonderful Dave, who's the sports massage therapist, uh, one of the local guys here, was just trackside and he would just kind of deal with the issues. Um, okay. spend five minutes to bring that down, get a hot drink, and then go back out. So that incredible. Yeah, you, you did amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, what sort of, how long were you spending out on the track every day then? Well, you know, actually, the first couple of days I was okay. I was quite quick. Well, I mean, relative to my normal speed, <laughs> for me, I, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, you know, disgracefully slow. So I was about six, six, six and a half hours for the first two days. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, yeah. thank you. And then it slowed right down. Um, and. William, William came. William Fitchell came to the track every day. Lots and lots of people came to the track every day. I was never on my own, but William would come every day in the afternoon. Um, and because we were getting towards Christmas, um, he had this little code word, which was sprouts. And so he'd, <laughs> so he'd sit behind me, just, just kind of run quietly behind me. Um, I mean, he's such a kind of, um, you know, he's, he's just, I think, he's, he's kind of just, classy you know he's just so he sat behind my shoulder and every time he thought it was getting too quick he would just say sprouts <laughs> <laughs> so I just like that's all brilliant the paper, yeah, all the cool. and then so then we started doing then as I started to get a bit more sore we were doing a uh, we did a three minute run one minute walk strategy and William had a little beep thing a little you know what do they call it a gym a, a, anyway this little little timer um, and it would beep 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 Beep, beep, like this every three minutes and I'd walk for a minute run for three walk for one um, oh. that moved me down to seven eight hours um, and then I think it was day six where it just it all fell apart actually um, I managed the nausea really really well and I'm happy to talk to you about how I did that because people might be interested to hear about the strategy mm -hmm. for that but um, it was physical for me and um, my hip my right hip just became so unbelievably painful. I couldn't even put my foot down. Um, and what it seemed to have been was that my leg shortened. The one leg became shorter than the other in the process of just this constant kind of repetitive movement. 
Um, and so wonderful massage Dave just made my leg longer by pulling it. And it was like, it was like I'd been touched by the hand of God. It was wow. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> We, took, we, we sort of banked the, um, banked the break time. I went in. He laid me on the ground. He did some stuff. Um, and it was like I went back out and it was like it hadn't even been a problem. But then it came back about two hours later. And oh, my, yeah. my beautiful boy, Woody, um, he, he runs really well. He's, a, he's quite, quite a, a committed runner himself. So, but he came out on day six and we walked the last four miles that day just round and round the track just together and he Aww. was just there helping me and chatting to me um so yeah that was that was bad and then again, <clears throat> again towards the end I, I remember debbie talking to you about her shins being on fire do you remember her talking about yeah, yeah. pulling them legs out of the mud and on the spine and they were really struggling with the the conditions um, although I didn't have anything near the, the trauma that Debbie and her, her uh, fellow runners had on the spine, my, my, sh my tendons on, on my shins just flared up in the same way that I can oh, and, um, so sore. And it was very red and they were really angry. Um, but actually, your body's amazing. It just, you, just, you can just never underestimate what your body can do. And it just, mm. I just... I had to keep doing it, and I, you know, day, day eight, I think, um, I'm actually trying to get day seven, all of the <laughs> primary school kids came down to the track again, so like hundreds of primary school kids, <laughs> wonderful, and they all came down to the track, and they were all running around, and they were super excited, and it was a beautiful day, and the sun was out, and they were running around the track, and chatting, and laughing, and, and it was great, but I just wanted them all to bugger off, because I was <laughs> <laughs> they did come back on the last day and, and I was feeling fantastic and it was great to see them again So, but um, but oh my goodness I was in so much pain that day and I was really having to look inward to myself and just mm. around me um, so yeah so that, that, that was it really and then so just your original question was how long was I out there interestingly I got quicker Again. Yeah. Wow. I'm, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of not surprised. You sort of do hear that about these sort of things, don't you? You sort of run through the, the really, really tough bit, and then you can maybe see the finish line in sight. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's a, still very impressive, though. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, we didn't actually know at that point when the finish line was going to be because we were aiming for 12 days. Ah, and right. The, the, the current record, the record that we were chasing, was actually it's quite a soft record in a way. You know, it was only seven days. Um, so oh. it, it it wasn't too too tough. So, but we thought let's just go out there and try and get get twelve. Mm. Um, so up until the evening of day nine, you know, when I was speaking with James, we were just like I was just saying, no, I think I'm done. I can get one more day out of me, but I think I don't think I can do any more. And it was absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, well played. I think that's great. But you still smashed it by days. Yeah. Never about speed. Um, uh, interestingly, there was a wee bit of, um, I don't know whether you guys saw or heard, but there was a bit of Twitter chat um, from a very, very well-known, respected um, female ultra runner from the state mm. who um, was 
not discrediting what I was doing, but questioning what I was doing because um, obviously it was never a speed record. But people have gone out there, and I know that people go out there and do all sorts of different things and run for much longer for, for many more days. Um, you know, if you look at William and the 3100 race, for example, those yeah. guys go back to York and they run their loop and they do, they do a lot more than I was doing in a day for a lot longer. But it wasn't about that, actually. It was yeah. about it was going after a fairly soft heart, um, record and it was about just bringing people out to run and to mm -hmm. be, you know, I'm a normal, I'm, you know, I turned 50 this year. So, you know, it was a big, a big thing for me to be able to say, you know, it doesn't matter. You can, yeah. you can still do things that you would never think you could do, regardless of your age or where you start from. Um, and that's but, so important. And that's what I found out about your records. I think you must have been about day six. And it was actually my friend who lives in Rousey that had said, oh my goodness, you've, you've got to check it. I think she'd been at the Picky Centre and she's like, what's, what's this woman doing running around this track? So she sent me the link and then she told me all about it. And I was like, what an incredible woman to do this. And, to, you know, there's so many of us in that category nowadays and you, you lose hope and you've just inspired so many people to, you know, get on with it. And no, do amazing things. I think you're brilliant. I loved watching your your story. <laughs> it was incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. That's lovely of you to say. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to take that a bit because um, <laughs> so many people came and ran with me. And what was what I loved about the whole thing was um, so first of all, my friend Victoria came dressed as a Christmas pudding and like <laughs> ran a marathon dressed as a Christmas pudding around the track. Oh, um, that's wonderful. She signed up, and Victoria, the, who, the Christmas pudding, um, she signed up for Glenmore this year, so that's her oh, first. Oh, yay. inspired by what we were doing on the track. <clears throat> Another friend called Lindsay came and ran her first half marathon, um, and she's still running nearly every day. Somebody ran, two people ran their first ultra, so two people came and did the whole day with me. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That is amazing. And, yeah. And, and yeah, so it, and and just seeing people come out and and run and it was like a, it was like genuinely genuinely like a, a scene from Forrest Gump on the last couple of days because it, I finished over the weekend and um you know there were just like hundreds of people coming and um my our friend here Lawrence who's a really great runner he he's also a great piper. So there's some videos on Facebook, and he was—he's invented the sport of run piping. Hey. <laughs> he was running around the track playing his pipes and um, to, to to you know kind of celebrate the end of the attempt. Um, oh, so it's a really community community thing, you know, just bringing mm -hmm. people out. Yeah. New stuff. In a place where it is really hard to run, and having visited Zoe, I mean, I I go over every winter to see her because she sort of struggles a little bit so um it's it's nice to be there but i've i find it incredibly hard uh running just the wind and the dark and it's just hard hard work the roads are difficult the trails are the most uh, you know you say there's no hills but you know running around the the orkney trails are some of the hardest trails i've ever done i've had the coldest feet and i've had the most technical 
everything. It's just, it's a mental, mental place to go. And there's nowhere, I've never run anywhere so difficult in my life. And then when I see you guys, you're doing it every day. And like every time I see Strava posts from you and Zoe, I think, oh my goodness, that's just amazing. That <laughs> I can't believe so you did it. Say that because I'm pretty sure that my my wonderful friends who run south don't believe me when I bang oh. off relentlessly about the terrible weather and the terribly wet trails and the the kind of the hard running. But it is really hard, right? It is tough. It's tough stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I really um, don't. Do you have a treadmill, Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> Just as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, but, I mean, but, and often I'm, it's not it's not um, uncommon for me to drive my car into the wind on the te- on tempo run day. And then yeah, run back. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's not, not unknown for me to do that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a tough place to run, and it's a tough place to train. Um, and I found actually that um, whenever I go south for races, I just get super hot. I, that could be that could be age and stage, but actually I find I find that because yeah. it is quite cold and um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of used to running at that kind of temperature, and there's a lot of oxygen in the air here as well. Um, okay. so there's, a certain, there's a certain air quality. Do you pick yeah. that up in here? Yeah, usually if I can, you know, get past the wind and the rain and the dark <laughs> and all the. Other- <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it is an amazing. I mean, it is beautiful. I think you've got a beautiful. Eye. I'd love to come and uh, join you for some. Come and explore your your side because I've I've not run much on the mainland, so oh, it'd be nice well, to come over and maybe next that. year come and look at the marathon. I would encourage. Yeah, you. absolutely, it'd be great. It's marathon. It's usually really windy and it's quite undulating, <laughs> and you're not going to get a PB on it, but um, there's yeah. a great Kaylee afterwards. <laughs> Oh well, sold. <laughs> Come and do it. Um, yeah, so we have lovely trails though as well, and um, it's been nice after spending so much time training on the track because, uh, well, to get back out onto the trails because training for the attempt was really um, off the scale, boring. Really. <laughs> <laughs> So we would we would kind of play around with it a bit. We'd mess it up a bit by, by um, you know. So instead of just doing every long session on the track, we'd find um, a, another kind of flat mm-hmm. place to run. So it might be just like round the streets, but just kind of doing a three mile loop or a, okay. even a one mile loop around the streets for hours and hours and hours and hours. Oh god! <laughs> Get ready for that. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I do really love the track, and I signed up for Crawley twelve hour. But we've just obviously oh, heard that that's yeah. now falling um, yeah. victim to COVID nineteen. So, um, so yeah, that that next year, and it just gives us longer to get ready for it, and I can go out yeah. there. And yeah, try. Sure. yeah, yeah. Everything's been cancelled or postponed at the moment. Apart from mm-hmm. I signed up for my first ultra race. And it's the only one that is still going. And I haven't started my training for it yet. And I'm like, mm. do, do, I, do I do ultra training or not? <laughs> Where? Tell, tell us what race that is, Callum. It's the Cataran Trail, the 55 miler. It's um, May the 16th. Yeah. It might fall victim to. Yeah, it's in the danger zone. It's in the danger yeah. zone. I think, it, I think it will because, I mean, there's like, 
I don't know, Jenny, if you're in the group on Facebook, but the the guy, the organiser, has um, had a couple of posts up, and the last one was basically they've had some advice from Scottish Athletics, yeah, um, saying any, any races that are late up to late April, early May, should mm-hmm. the advice is to cancel, but anything mid to late May, they're keep it open for now. Um, so he's like, yeah, it's still open, and I'm like. Yeah. To be honest, if, it's, if, if it is going to be cancelled, I'd rather it just got cancelled now, uh, so I knew uh, that it was cancelled. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it will be long. Yeah, probably. We'll not. hear yeah, soon. Probably. You'll hear soon. Yeah, yeah. The West Highland Way is the other one, I think, isn't it? That's still. I, I'm. I'm supposed to be running that this year, and everyone's kind of waiting yeah. for to see whether yeah. that's ahead or not. So. Um, yeah, it must be really hard for race directors, I think, right now. It must be really... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, I, I even... It's not a race run, but I organised these uh, trail runs, and we had this one that was coming up on Saturday. It was postponed because it was running alongside some cliff edges. We postponed it because the the wind uh, from last month, and it was going to be this Saturday, but on uh, Monday I just decided that we better not uh, put it, go ahead. We only had 45 people coming. But we're going to be getting a bus afterwards uh, to go back. So it was a point-to-point thing. And uh, before any of the official advice had came out, I thought we'd better not put mm-hmm. four or five people on a bus together. Um, and then, you know, all the advice this week came out and the things, all Scottish Athletics groups and all of us have all been told. Yeah, it's the right choice. It was the right, it was the right choice, but it was difficult because, you know, mm-hmm. um, you don't know whether you're doing the right thing or not. And and for a lot of these, I mean, that's totally small beer compared to a big race like the Highland Fling or something that's been cancelled. But mm-hmm. these guys, you know, imagine how much effort goes into it. And <coughs> for, for what they get out of it, you know, at the end of the day, they're not going to get that now because they're going to have to be processing refunds. And, you know, it's... Yeah. Well, yeah. people are saying actually, no, it's okay. Um, I've seen some wonderful acts of kindness and charity. Yeah. My entry fee to you know a food bank or mm. you know or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, I love like that. Yeah. Just, and I think that is probably this whole experience that we're just going to that we're just going into right now is probably going to change the way that we think about things. And the way that we act, we react to things probably for a long, long time because yeah. you've yeah, got to some perspective around this. Yeah. We just might lose the start, the start line of a race, but people mm-hmm. are gonna, people are going to die, and oh, yeah. so there's a whole lot more at stake than yeah, absolutely. Oh, it is. It's when yeah, you, go. you have to change your outlook, isn't it? It's like races really are they are just running and. Um, I think now really running has changed to being a survival technique now you know it's like that opportunity to go out on your own as uh, you probably will be most people will be doing now just to stay safe um it's more about it's, it's become different for me anyway it's not it's not about the events anymore I'm not even that bothered one got cancelled uh, today of and I, I thought oh, that's all right I'm actually quite glad now I'll just add, so I'll just have more time to do some local exploring and do other things, like you say, find new new adventures this year. And I do, I think what you said there is really quite um, true, actually, Erica. It's like it's all about 
looking back at communities and getting back to looking after each other as humans rather than yeah. sort of getting lost in whatever sort of weird world we'd got into. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope we can um, I hope we can sustain it. I hope that people yeah. don't, don't get compassion fatigue. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say I really hope that it it does change the vast majority of us because um, although a lot of the people I know <clears throat> are compassionate and you know do look out for each other, we don't look out for each other enough. And mm-hmm. um, we were sort of chatting, my wife and I, yesterday uh, <clears throat> about you know are, are there any of the are there any people locally that we should be thinking about you know older people who maybe can't get out and that sort of thing to go and you know just get a shopping for them or whatever. But you know obviously we're we now can't do that because we're in this sort of isolation period because one of my children has a cough. So we're a couple of weeks in the house at the moment. But, um, you know, they got to think about the things that are important, you know, and we're talking about racism being annoyed that things are getting cancelled and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But, but not really. I mean, I'm, I'm not that bothered with any of the races that have been cancelled so far. You know, it's just, like you say, it's just running. And uh, people have died and more people will die. And you've got to really put that yeah. into perspective and you've got much more than that. I mean we're we're healthy uh running people and uh we'll be fine. Um but there are people who will be sitting absolutely terrified of what's coming, you know, or what could come and mm-hmm. that's uh that's far worse than missing out on a race, you know. Um, absolutely by by a long, long way, you know, it doesn't even compare. So um <clears throat> yeah we Sure, what what to take next? I mean, we've we've got this. Um, we try to have a theme for every episode. Uh, I did give you a little bit of warning about this, Erica. And the theme we've chosen for this episode is mental strength. It maybe seems quite apt to talk about that, <laughs> linked to this, what we're seeing at the moment, but also um, how you what mental strength strategies perhaps you used through your your uh, world records run last year as well yeah so there were obviously it did it did require a fair dose of mental <laughs> strength mm-hmm. to, to kind of get up day after day when your body hurts when you're tired um and you feel i mean that because as they each day as we progressed through the attempts I, I was able to eat less take on board less calories in the evenings um, and I couldn't you'll know yourself Jenny particularly because you've done lots and lots of long runs yourself um, it's actually quite hard to sleep when your body's sore Um, so I wasn't banking enough sleep Um, gosh I hadn't thought of that yeah so just just kind of getting myself out of bed sometimes was hard but I never I never I never woke up one day at all until we knew we were stopping on day 10. I, there wasn't a single day where I woke up and thought, well, I'm not going out there today. Hmm. Just did it. And I had these wee, um, I, before I started the attempt, for every day I got a wee quote. Um, so I carry them around, some of them in the back of my phone, just little, little motivational quotes um, from, from people, uh, famous people, runners, um, to, you know, giving me some inspiration so it might I can't remember them off the top of my head now but um you know things that I've read in books or little snippets from articles that I've seen that I've I, I, I printed out and and stuck on the fridge and every day I take one take one off 
and I'd put it in my pocket and that would be the one that I'd have with me every day and I'd, mm. I'd take it out whenever I was feeling really grim um, and I changed the quote every day. So think little things like that and just having routine is really important to me and I think mm. a lot of people right now might want to think about the importance of routine because we're working differently, we're not going to the office, we're working from home and that I work from home all the time anyway so it's not unusual for me but um, just as an example I was in a Skype meeting uh, this morning with a colleague from Edinburgh who doesn't work from home normally and she's kind of a bit freaked out by it um, and it was 11 o'clock and she was saying how do you do this every day and I said well I have a routine and I, I get up and I, you know, I walk the dog and then I do this and I then I said and I just said you know and I always brush my teeth before I have my first my first phone call or whatever I always make sure I brush my teeth and she went oh no I've completely forgotten to brush my teeth (laughs) 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 my routine was so thrown out of whack um so for me having a routine is important for my mental strength Mm -hmm. um Having all the people with me, having all the people come every day was really helpful. And there were people watching me, and that, that helps as well, obviously. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't let all those people down. And people were donating money, which was amazing. And we raised £3,000 or just over. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So thank you to everyone if you're listening and you contributed to the, the charity. It was, it was um, you know, the, we're so grateful for that. Um, but um, lots of friends sent little videos as well. So um, mm-hmm. some really amazing people sent me um, little clips and um, extracts from films and just things mm-hmm. to keep going. And it all really helped. Um, I think, though, fundamentally, a lot of ultra runners and runners generally are quite resilient people. Mm-hmm. Would you? I would 100% back that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of yeah, a responsibility yeah. to try and be all right so that when people around us are not all right, we can try and be mm-hmm. fit and well and healthy for them as we can be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Know how I mean, to dig think... deep anyway. Yeah, we do. Ride the storm. <laughs> yeah, man. You talk about routine, and that, that's something that I can relate so well to. I mean, like you, I, I do a bit of working from home as well, um, I'm self-employed and do some stuff in the office through in Aberdeen and some sometimes I'm at home. And in the days, or I've had spells where I've only worked at home or I've worked most at home and yeah, it's a bit of a struggle for me to be honest. I struggle with that. I'm, I'm better having certain days where I do certain things that I'll have, like for example, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Friday through in the office. And I try to do that every week. And if it gets thrown out of kilter for any reason, I struggle with it big time. Um, I've, yeah, I've kind of had to accept. I, sort of last week I decided I was going to stay at home for a while anyway, uh, and now I've been forced to. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit weird. Uh, now it's not just weird because I'm here. It's weird because everyone's here. The whole family are also isolating. You know, the eldest isn't going to school. The middle one's not going to her playgroup. Uh, my wife's not going anywhere. And... So her and the youngest are still about all the time. We're having to find ways to um, entertain them. So, you know, like, it was quite good fun. Today, for example, um, my eldest daughter, she clearly likes routine as well because she wasn't going to school for the first time today and she did, she wrote out a um, timetable of what was going to happen uh, in huh. her school, the school day that she was having at home. And... Uh, 
gym was one of them PE, and so I took the gym class out in the garden, got my running coaching stuff out, and uh, some circuits around the garden <laughs> you have to do that That's sort of thing. Brilliant. So, it was good fun that you know it's we're going to have a lot of that sort of stuff to keep the kids entertained and uh, that's only like like I said again that's just small compared to you know the people mm-hmm. who are going to be properly struggling and not okay who are isolated on their own and uh, yeah I think it's really cool what you said Erica that you know we have got almost got a responsibility to be okay and uh, so we can look after the others in society who are going to need that help so yeah, and it's yeah. not just during it's not just during the the kind of social isolation period or the peak of the pandemic, but it's gonna be afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. You know, people are gonna take a long time I think to come back from this. They might lose their yeah. jobs. You know, that children are gonna to struggle to catch up with their learning mm-hmm. and people 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 might recover, but I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm you know, I'm not a scientist or a medic, but I suspect that there could be some some damaging effects for people um, with underlying health issues who do who do recover from from the illness. So there's something for me about just um, I know I suspect we're probably in this for it's a long game. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to be out in a matter of you know a month. I think um, finding ways to make the very best of the situation that we find ourselves in is just going to be important. So we've set up here um you know I know we're really lucky and not everyone is in this position and I you know I feel an immense sense of um kind of gratitude for this and I, I don't say that lightly but you know we live in a nice house little house little cottage by the sea there's plenty of fresh air right Jenny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where um social isolation for us is actually quite easy to do um we've got a nice shed outside with our we have you know we have two treadmills where we can race each other we have, we've got we've set up a little gym we've hung up a punch bag you know we've we've done all that so we've got everything we need here to stay fit and well um and i think about people that live you know in tall blocks of flats in the middle of yeah. cities how hard it's going to be for them to socially isolate um you know just, i kind of think about how how we can help them um so t- tonight, before I spoke to you guys, um, there's this amazing yoga teacher who's um, a runner. He's called Mark Russell. I don't know if you guys know him. And he, he's, um, I think he lives in Glasgow. No, yeah, I think he lives in Glasgow. So I can never go to his class because um, obviously I'm in Orkney and I can so yeah. I always miss out on class a little bit. So um, he did a Skype, a Zoom, a Zoom uh, oh, call. Oh, yeah. People from all around the world came and joined that class and oh that's we so cool so cool so look him up mark russell yeah actually, some of these guys you know this is this is how they i'd like to be able to help them keep their livelihoods if i can yeah absolutely that's a brilliant idea yeah um, yeah and when i'm in edinburgh which i often am for work i i'm i'm a member of a, a running group there called race fitness um, yeah yeah i don't know if you know them so that's run by a great guy called kieran and um <clears throat> And I, I, I miss class a lot because I'm not there very often. And when I am there, I'm just literally flying in and flying out again. So maybe once a month I get to go to my race fitness class and connect with my friends there. And I always love it. But now he's being quite innovative and he's coming up with ideas to, to do things differently. So now I get to go to class. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and <it's great. laughs> so, that is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, 
I'm enjoying I'm enjoying these new these new ideas that are coming out and it's nice to see people being creative and Yeah. As I said, I just hope we don't get hope we don't I hope we can sustain it. I hope we don't get tired of doing things in this way because I mm-hmm. think it might change how we do things in the longer term anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, no. Let's just keep promoting all these great things. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so it's what are you guys going to do to, to kind of help stay focused and your mental strengths? What what are you, uh, you two thinking of doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're, I'm still in work till Friday. I think we're, I think, I say that in inverted commas, um, closing on Friday. I'm not, not 100% sure. Um, so also I'm quite quite well. So I guess if there's any change in how we look after children that are maybe key worker children, I, I, I have no idea what the future holds. But um, if I'm at home, I'm going to be sort of trying to follow uh, a core of sort of work hours really to support all the kids that I teach anyway. And we've got online platforms like Zoom and other things, Google Classrooms, there's like loads of online stuff. And then my own kids have got stuff for them. So I'm going to encourage them. Lily, uh, my eldest, would have been finishing her P7 year this year. So she's uh, obviously a bit sort of anxious about the transition into secondary. So I, I can help her with that. So we'll maybe do some stuff and maybe introduce her to what it might be like. But who knows? Yeah, I'm going to do some art. I'm going to go on an art challenge with running. So I'm going to try and explore some new trails every week and uh, do some make-up little challenges for myself so I can go and discover things in the village, little urban treasures that might be lurking around the corner from my house and make force myself to get out. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's my survival so far. I haven't really thought it through much. I kind of thought I was going to be working right up till Easter. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll change quick. <laughs> I, re- I read something really beautiful the other day as well where somebody was saying and you'll probably appreciate this as a teacher that like not all learning happens in the classroom so you know learn do some cooking together um Woody yeah. Woody's uh he he's just recently got a new drum kit so he's he's uh he's you know committing to, to try and get some of his you know his make some improvements in his drumming and um you know, it's just other stuff I think we can yeah. do with our kids. We've got time. Uh, it's like it's almost like giving a gift, actually. I've got so much stuff in the house that, I, I you know, there's drawers full of things and objects and books and all these there's stuff surrounding me, all this stuff that I've gathered through my life that I've got loads of time now to... There'll be no... No uh, moments of frustration or boredom. It'll be filled, hopefully, with all the the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we Share can it out as well. Songs, we can read all the books. We can listen to all the music. That's yeah, all. exactly. And I think right now we are still able to go out and run. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, exactly. And um, although that said, work's yeah. been so often, and I don't think I, I haven't actually been out the house since Sunday afternoon, except to go to my treadmill in the shed. Yeah, that's Matt. That's that's busy. Yeah, yeah. In terms of survival and that sort of thing for us, uh, that makes it sound a bit dramatic. Uh, not survival like that, but um, surviving the the madness and the boredom. I guess. Um, again, I haven't really came up with any solutions as yet. I was trying to think mm-hmm. of some innovative ways to 
to link up with people on social media and that sort of thing. It's difficult with running though because obviously you can't go for a run unless I maybe do some sort of Facebook live thing whilst I'm running, maybe, I don't know. But um, getting, maybe going out and sharing routes or something. But yeah, maybe some sort of class idea as well mm-hmm. um, to do like running drills or something, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> for that, from that side of thing. Um, the, in the house, I mean, we, we did We've been doing crazy stuff like sorting out our freezer, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I sorted the garden out just last night. Actually, I just sort of decided to sort yeah. out this trampoline. The net was a bit ruined from the winter. Uh, I sort of fixed it all up so they can get back on their trampoline and attach the, the football goals to the trampoline so they don't blow away and uh, um, fix the swings and stuff like that. They were all tangled mm-hmm. up from being blasted in the winter, so the the, the Garden is now fully functional for the kids to get out and play in again properly, and 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 it's important. You know, th- things like doing that gym class that I spoke about you know, with the kids—they mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. They were, <laughs> you know, it was like set up a few little hurdles and a few cones and did a couple of games and stuff. You know, the sort of thing you might do with um, a PE class at school or something, and um, with little ones. And yeah, they loved it. So I'm hoping to do that every day if I can, and um, some, some something like that with them. Get them out of the house away, away from my wife. Give her a bit of uh, <laughs> you <laughs> have to share that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Sounds like you got it sussed, I think. And I know, I know it's um, it maybe feels a bit glib to say, and it's um, I don't mean to minimise the situation that you know the world is in right now, but we very mm. rarely are given the gift of time. Mm. You know what? Yeah. So now. Now we have time with our children and we have time with our family. Mm-hmm. Actually, time with our colleagues in a way because even if we're connecting like you know we are tonight through a conference yeah. call or mm-hmm. a or however we're doing that, I've noticed already the pleasure that I get from seeing and talking to my team mm. together all in that one space. Whereas, you know, yeah. when I you know, one to twos with them, but getting them all together in one kind of conference call is, you know, and they're funny people and they make me laugh and they're, you know, and I, it's, I think, I think the gift of time and maybe just a slower pace is probably something we might all take away from, from mm-hmm. this experience. It's horrific yeah. for some. I, yeah. yeah. Again, again, I really hope so. You know, I think it's, I, I really hope that, and I think we're maybe going to be forced and we're going to be forced into this for, a duration of time, you know, it's probably not. It's not going to be around next week. For you know, it's going to it's going to take a while. So it's not like we're going to, we're going to be able to forget about it really quickly. But mm-hmm. I do I do hope that um, all of the good comes out of this horrible situation, like we've discussed. You know, being good to each other, the com- being good within the community, and also the time we spend together, <clears throat> like you've just described. I hope that we do don't just fall back into that busy high speed lifestyle that we've all seem to have gotten used to you know and uh, that would be the real positive to take out of it and um, I, ho- I hope we can do that I really do um, yeah because well it's good to take some, some good out of someone that's going to not be fantastic absolutely really. I mean, it's just yeah. already taken I don't know how many lives but quite a lot worldwide and thousands and uh, you know it's going to be a few more um, in this country and and further afield. So um, I do hope we can take some good from it. Well, we're all already seeing some extraordinary things, extraordinary good things. 
and, and the, the way that people are reacting and responding in the community here in Orkney probably come as no surprise to you Jenny because you'll you'll know this from your pal that everyone is you know they're already galvanizing themselves into mm. groups to support people and obviously we've got some folk that you might have a very very small population on an island across Scotland and their nearest neighbor happens to be on another island so okay. how how do we how do we make sure those people feel connected and yeah. our communities in Scotland are very dispersed geographically mm -hmm. dispersed so it's been quite interesting yeah. thinking about that from a work perspective. Um, but just to go back to the theme of mental strength, um, uh, I think one thing that I would like to do for myself, and it might be something you guys will do too, is just to kind of moderate the amount of news I consume and social oh, media. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, could you speak to my wife, please? <laughs> 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 yeah, my, uh, and that's, that's such a, an important point. I have been, I, I've not really been reading too much. I've been reading like one or two things a day and trying to find a good source. And, and I've been trying mm. to use that to calm my wife down a little bit because my, my wife isn't by nature. She's a bit of a warrior. And, you know, her mom is a warrior. And, you know, my, my eldest daughter is the same. They're, they're all got this real worrying sort of streak in them and you know the sort of thing like my wife was about me going driving to Aberdeen for example you know something I do every day you know I have done for years but she still worries you know I have to let her know that I'm okay sort of thing but with this it's been she, mm -hmm. you know, social media is all over it and you know and it's the same it's like anything somebody posts it on social media somebody reads it and they believe it and it's like that isn't necessarily true just because somebody's yeah. on social media and uh, the example that is in my head right now is last night my my wife was having a bit of a panic and getting all worked up because she'd read a report or heard a thing on social media that at the end of this pandemic best case scenario where there are going to be 20,000 deaths in the UK and I was like there's no way that's a UK figure you know, and she's like, oh, that's what it said, that's what it said. And I was like, look, let's go look the report up. And she's like, well, I don't want to look at it tonight, we'll look at it tomorrow. So she said it again this morning, and I was like, right, let's look it up. And I looked up the, the figures worldwide so far, and there were, I was like, well, there were 8,000 deaths in China, and they're past the worst of it. So there's no way that we're going to have 20,000 deaths in the UK. That must have been an end-of-story worldwide figure that you saw. Oh yeah, no, you must be right. And it was a bit, you know, just because she was panicking so much about the whole thing, she just she couldn't read it clearly. And mm. she's been, she keeps saying, "I need to put my phone away. I need to put my phone away." I'm like, yeah, you do need to put your phone away because there's, I mean, it's just so much. And so the only thing anybody's talking about, and there's, it's just fear, yeah, fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown, and yeah. You know, she, and the reason she's, I mean, she's also really up, worked up about it because her her parents are. 78, both going to be 78 within the next month. So they're in that category of a uh, higher risk if they contract the, the virus. But um, all of that, you know, we've got a baby in the house as well. He's eight months, so I don't know whether they're higher risk or not, but you, you always think that little ones are more vulnerable. So, mm -hmm. you know, all, all of that sort of thing. So she, she's been on high alert for longer than everybody else probably. But, um, yeah, the, the, the news, the, it's all doom and gloom and yeah, you just need to step away from it. It's a good, yeah. a good point. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, addictive as well, though. And there's yeah. probably yeah. 
in arming yourself with the with the facts. There was a really yeah. good report by Imperial College, which was very simple and easy and can set out the facts as they are. Not alarmist. Just you know, if the, if we do these things, mm-hmm. then we'll manage this pandemic. And it, yeah. it was a really sensible read. So you know, I can always send you the link for that if you want. But yeah. um, the if you're naturally geared towards anxiety anyway, this must be awful for folks. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the benefit of running in your life as well, or some, mm-hmm. some form of um, exercise that, that helps your body be strong, I think that must be doubly, doubly yeah, hard. For that's, that's a really good point, actually. So my, my wife doesn't do any exercise. Uh, she, does, she goes to the odd class now and again, but you know it's always like a little bit of a fad and you, know, you have to get her going around the garden with the but kids. I, was, I mean, we're we're in the country, so we we can definitely go out. And yeah. I'll maybe, I'll maybe get her encouraged to go and do couch to five k again. She's tried that a couple of times, but I think. It's well, there you go. There's a challenge for y'all. Yeah. So like, just get yourself <laughs> get yourself out of the house. Yeah. For half an hour. Go for a run. Even if you yeah. go for a run, get out there. There's lo- We all all every runner in the world knows the benefit of being outside with nature. So yeah. you can get her outside, yeah. minimise what she watches, yeah. watch yeah, a movie. Just, yeah, mm. she's, she's, she's quite happy in outdoors. She likes going out walking and things. But um, but yeah, I think um, <laughs> so, well, we went out. Um, what day was that? Where are we? This is Wednesday, so I didn't go for a run today. So yesterday I was out for a run. Tuesday, yeah, and uh, so my eldest was still going to school, so we dropped her at school. But we kept the uh, middle one away from playgroup because playgroup's obviously kids slobber on toys and all sorts of things. So we just kept it away. And my wife organised to meet up with uh, with a, a friend in the village and they were going to go for a walk. And I went for a run whilst they were walking. I was just did a session around the woods. And I sort of ran past them a few times. But I didn't actually pick up until the end that um, my middle daughter was being a total pain in the ass in that walk. So it wasn't a very pleasant... <laughs> <laughs> Which happens something you know, three year olds don't always do as they're told and uh, so the, they were going round at sort of sloth pace and uh, you know, it wasn't a particularly pleasant experience. So that's what maybe shame. It's, it's better if I uh, encourage her I take the kids for a while and let her go and get her own space. Um Yeah. Go and do yeah. like catch the five K or go for a walk or whatever, yeah, definitely. And leave yeah, her phone, do that. Leave, her phone the, leave her phone in the house, you know. Give her some yeah. space, let her do that. Yeah. So well, I hope she I hope she manages that and that she starts to feel a little bit better because there's a lot of speculation out there. You mm-hmm. can't tell Absolutely. her that. Reminder of that that people love drama and they'll over over exaggerate yeah. situations all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Right, I I um I think we've taken up enough of your time, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Thank you. Oh, one, one thing, actually, before you go, I, I almost forgot to ask you, but um, I did pre-warn you a little bit about this as well, and you, you kind of touched on it a wee bit, I suppose, but we also have this uh, recurring theme of how running saved my life, and it's sometimes not apt to some people we ask about it, but I don't know if you can relate to that at all. I think maybe you can. Um, is there anything you'd like to add on that? Topic? Oh, God, have you got another hour? <laughs> <laughs> So, so much, Callum, yeah. because uh, just in terms of my fitness, I was on a downward spiral. I ate, you know, I was eating the wrong stuff. Um, I was probably 
you know, I was probably a good stone overweight. I'm quite a small woman. I'm, you know, mm. sort of Jenny-sized maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, if I'd carried on just not just ignoring all of those things, it wouldn't have got any better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's one one side of it, I think. Um, and as we do get older, obviously things happen around our kind of hormonal balance imbalances, and um, osteoporosis becomes a thing. And uh, you know, my body hurt all the time. It just hurt all the time, even though I wasn't exercising. I had a, a persistent pain in my back, in my shoulder, um, and I promise this is a real thing. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't do the ironing <laughs> because my hips started to hurt. So it was excellent. And if I did like an hour of housework, I couldn't walk for an hour afterwards. Isn't oh, that great? Goodness. So that's a great excuse, but it's true. Um, and almost as soon as I started to run, um, that all started to go away. Mm. And so when people say to me, "I can't run. My my back is bad," or "I can't run. My knees are bad." Yeah. Have to bite my tongue a lot of the time because actually <laughs> you can just run through that, and the benefits that come from running are amazing. So yeah. there was that, but like, well, I can't, I can't, um, and so obviously, and just the, the 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 running community, particularly in Scotland, is just off the scale amazing. And Absolutely, and I'm so inspired by some of our incredible runners that you mm-hmm. you guys have had many of them on your podcasts and. Um, you know that I find that inspiring, and and they make me feel brave as well, and they make me feel mm. kind of courageous, and they make me feel invincible because they're all so supportive. But the other, I can the combination I have to say of HRT and running have probably saved not just my life but my marriage, my friendship. <laughs> <laughs> without all of those things, without that 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 perfect that kind of perfect combination of HRT and running, um, I would probably be a completely different woman. Yeah, that's um, interesting. And mm-hmm. better, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we could speak a whole hour about all of that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we can, hey, we can, we can have an episode. We might have to have another one. <laughs> just speaking about how running saved my life, and yeah. uh, maybe get a handful of people on, maybe perhaps as an idea, we'll get you back on. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, thank you so much for that and for for all the rest of your time. And um, okay. before we go, where can people find you? online does better to look at you on social media than it is the coronavirus so oh. <laughs> where, where, where can people that's probably not the best compliment i've ever yeah, had well, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was halfway through that i thought mm, <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have said this yeah <laughs> so uh i'm girl about orkney is my instagram um okay and, yeah. um i'm very um very flattered by having followers on there, and I'm, but I am absolutely rubbish at posting stuff. I do it very. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. Um, I'm not a great photographer either, so don't judge me. Um, and obviously, you know, Facebook, Erica Clarkson, yeah. um, Twitter, Erica Clarkson one night. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly active on social media these days, yeah. really. Um, but I'll try to be better at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
when you do, when you are there, you inspire greatly, and that's all you have to do. <laughs> You're very kind. Thank you, thank you. I mean, in fact, in fact, the the, the best thing out of um, the social on social media for me is just watching other people and seeing what they're yeah. doing, and you know, fun they're having, and you know. Yeah, that's how I find you. <laughs> this is really cool. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm I'm on Strava as well, obviously, so yeah. people can see. Yeah. Yeah, we're we'll, doing I'll find those links and get them uh, up, uploaded onto the show notes so people can, can check out your Strava and the, the crazy Thanks. trails you're running in Orkney and, and all the rest of it. So that'll be... That'll My treadmill cool. runs will be, be just <laughs> in trolls, Callum. Yeah, so I, 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 I'll show you my wrist at the moment. One of the things my wife has said, that no, no wedding rings and watches. So I went out yesterday running with no watch. So it's not even... It doesn't count well. I Apparently, I only yeah. heard that today at work. Yeah. yeah, somebody said that. I was like, "Oh, I missed that one." Yeah. <laughs> oh. For the first time in ten years, I'm not wearing a wedding ring, and uh, yeah. for the first time since I started running, I'm not wearing my my running watch. <laughs> you must so, feel uh, naked. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. yeah, I walked through the kitchen. I was like, "My my arm feels lighter," you know. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so yeah, thanks. Again, so much, Erica, for your time and, and your stories and uh, all your advice. It's uh, really fantastic and inspiring, and uh, we look forward Thank to seeing what um, amazing things you do probably next year as far as races and that sort of thing are concerned. But, uh, I, do, we'll I do have something up my sleeve for this year. All right. Yay. Yay. I'm going to do that in social isolation, I think. <laughs> so Brilliant. We're in, it's in the planning. Yeah. Excellent. So I look forward to hearing about it. Looking Treadmill world record then. Thank you so much. Thank you. I listen to it all the time, so thank you so much. It's a great, <laughs> a great honour to be on it. Thank you. Oh, thank, you. thank you so, so much, much for thank taking you. part. It's brilliant. Yeah, right, guys. Hopefully, see you soon. Yeah, <laughs> be well. Be well. Bye. 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 Okay, thanks again, Erica Clarkson. That was really, really insightful and inspiring and just brilliant. Yeah, amazing. I think we'll definitely uh, have to get her back on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, definitely get her back on to speak about yeah. some more stuff. Um, we are going to try and chat quite briefly about the next couple of things. We're not going to get through everything we wanted to, but we are trying not to go beyond two hours uh, for the whole episode. We've been speaking too long. <laughs> Jenny's got to get up really early in the morning to go running on a Thursday. That's her own little oh, so wow. Don't want to get in the way of that. So, um, so, the last couple of weeks, apart from the obvious bloody coronavirus and uh, races getting cancelled like we spoke about and um, everything being chucked into, I don't know, chaos, What's been happening, Jenny, running-wise? Oh, uh, not a great... Well, I finished my four, my first, like, sort of big block of preparing for the Bob Graham. I'm actually quite in a... I'm in a bit of an, a good situation because the, the Bob Graham doesn't have a date. It's not yeah, a race. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. just a challenge. So, mm-hmm. um, annoyingly, uh, I've... 
obviously going to have to get a bit more creative about how I train for it. Um, obviously, if I get ill, that's going to have a big impact. Um, if my family gets ill, that's going to have a big impact. Um, so there's things that are obviously going to be quite fluid in my training. But also, you know, I don't want to be going out in groups uh, and don't want to be encouraging that at the moment. And that puts a bit of pressure on going out into the hills because the last thing that anybody in this climate needs is me to injure myself doing hill reps up a big mountain and needing to get rescued by an already you know um an already sort of Stretch. stressful organization um don't want to put pressure on the national health service don't want to put pressure on the mountain rescue so kind of following the guidelines from various associations is to stick to what you know um, stick to what's safe and don't endanger your, yourself or others I don't want to make anybody ill I mean I w work in an environment where I'm surrounded by hundreds of you know potential carriers of this virus so the, the last thing I need to be doing is being in any contact with other people so it kind of just it's about changing thinking um, it's like changing how you work changing how you run mm -hmm. so I'm kind of sticking with doing as much a little wee challenges to get myself like I will do hill reps but maybe I'll have to run up and down there's like a sewage works just it sounds terrible but it's, actually be <laughs> it's actually beautiful it's in yeah. the woods and there's like where the sewage works is in our village there's a little hill um, and it's it's quite uh, short and mm -hmm. steep and a bit techy because it's got some roots and bits oh, and bobs but it's close to, it's, you know what less than a mile from my house yeah, yeah. so you know maybe I just need to go and run there when I can and push it and also there's the advice isn't there that you shouldn't be pushing your uh, your body too too far so when you're looking at how uh, you'll know more um, I haven't really done too much coaching so if any um, your heart rate zones you need to keep fa fairly low so that you're um, not weakening your immune system because you don't want to be going out training really hard mm. and then um, sort of putting yourself into a bad situation so there's been quite a lot of things to think about so I'm just going to see how the next couple of months go and the Bob Grimm can move I can move yeah, the date yeah. further yeah. into the future I could do it next year it doesn't really matter um, it is sad watching all the races um, I totally understand why um, I feeling I think what I'm going to take out of this year is that you know, as Eric, I was speaking about when races open and you get excited and you hastily enter things and then before mm. you know it, you've got this calendar of stacked, you know, with all these events. So this will be a good lesson for me in future. You know, maybe just mm. be a bit more careful about what you enter and spread things out a bit more. I think it'll be better for my body in the long run not to do so much as well. Mm. So that's been about it. So, yeah. yeah about changing mindsets <laughs> yeah I think so so yeah my, oh my, my my running has been I don't know like up and down well not even up and down it's just been more down than up I suppose uh, I had that um, sort of weird throat infection thing which mm -hmm. was lingering for a while and I was like you know holding off I, I am back running uh, so I was out the day after we recorded last time and did I just did like a really easy 3k with um, 
with the beginners group that I was taking out uh, running and I did, oh, I can't remember really what I all did, but I went out a few times the second half of that week and then my intention was to get back training properly last week, but the way, I don't know, it was just like really, really busy with stuff and uh, I got out a couple of times, but I didn't get a full weekend, nothing like it. Um, yeah. I did a couple of pretty hard runs actually, just, you know, not really structured sessions, we're just going out pushing things a bit on up Mormont Hill as well. I, did the, I went up and just ran, totally blasted that route that we do for the 12 hour thing. I think I went up and out and back and I just ran it, not full tilt, but maybe three quarters effort or something. And it was quite good fun and my legs hurt like half the next couple of days, you know. And uh, that, that would have been, what day would that have been? Uh, Thursday. And then the following day, so Friday last week was actually my birthday, and that was kind of just the start ah, of no the start of all this sh shit in the fan a little bit. So yeah, it was a bit of sort of doom and gloom actually. It wasn't great, and uh, and then yeah, I think I did go out. I went out at the weekend. I can't remember what I even did now, but like I said, so this this week I've only been out on Tuesday so far, and it was like. Just did a bit of a session around the routes without my watch and stuff. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of that, just going out running, um, doing what I can without the watch. Just see see what, I mean, I don't have any races to train for apart from that Cataran Trail, which is probably going to get cancelled. Yeah. I, I, I don't really need to be doing any sort of speed work or hard sessions for that. That's more about time on feet and stuff anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm going to fit that in now, uh, given that it's uh, full-on kids in the house all the time, childcare, you know, spread out between me and my wife. And, yeah, I'm away for a five-hour run. Probably isn't going to go down very well, so <laughs> I don't really know what's uh, what's going to come in the next wee while. But, you know, as we have said, we're talking to Epcot, it's least of our worries, isn't it? So, I know. Um, it's really tricky. Yeah, I'm just going to... Just get try and get out and do some stuff, you know, uh, as much as I can. But bearing in mind that I'm not the only one in this household, so uh, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing, isn't it? And Fitting I things know, uh, around everybody else, balancing it out. So it's not it's easy yeah. when uh, everyone's off doing their thing, and I can, I just have to structure my uh, training around around that. And I'm quite good at doing that, you know, up early in the morning or whatever, or do it on my way to work or at lunchtime or whatever it is when you know there's nobody else to to be bothered by it and um but yeah it's 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 much much trickier i should have more time because i'm at home i'm not doing any commuting but i have less time because of mm. you know just the just the ages my kids are and stuff as well you know it's the two the two youngest they need to be looked after like all the time you can't really leave them to their own devices especially not richie he's only eight months yeah uh, i own the middle one she's nearly four you can leave her playing in the garden and stuff for a, a while, but you've got to keep an eye on her. You, know, you can't just leave her, obviously. And uh, um, you know, just you've, you've got to be around the whole time. You know, um, either one or both of us. But <clears throat> when they're in the house all day, every day, that's it's difficult for just one parent to deal with because you know, if it's a good day, it's fine and it's really pleasurable. But if it's a day where they're fighting and stuff. 
it's pretty stressful and uh, you know my wife some days when I come home from work is like I'm so glad you're back you know <laughs> and, uh, oh bless uh, so I can't just like be abandoning them and stuff so um, yeah it's tricky but it's yeah it's manageable and uh, I mentioned you know it's good we're going to have to make fun of it as well you know in terms of doing stuff for the kids in the garden and building that and anyway, I got a little bit of exercise with them as well I was running around the garden with them so it's uh, it's all cool. So the, yeah, the other thing that's happened, I get obviously, well maybe not obviously, but I do some running groups with my coaching, and uh, yeah, that's, that's had to be knocked in the head um, as of this week. So no, that's tough. I would normally have this beginner group who have there's only a handful of them, but they were en route to their 5K, so they're going to be doing mm-hmm. a park run at the end of this month, and the last two weeks before the park run to be cancelled, the park run's been cancelled, so I'm like, yeah, try and get out by yourselves, guys, and I have to try and encourage them remotely to yeah. go and do it, but um, it's a bit of a shame not being able to see them right through to the 5k, and I was supposed to, the, a runner signed up for yeah, training plans with me just <clears throat> last week, and that included some one-to-one sessions, and the first one was supposed to be this morning, but I obviously had to cancel that, and Mm-hmm. I had to be a bit more creative, and I had to take some videos and send them to her with demonstrations of oh, that's you know, great. warm-up drills and stuff instead of meeting her face-to-face, but uh, having not met her before, it was a bit annoying I didn't get to meet her at all, and she just yeah. you know, like chatting over a video, but yeah, so I try and do some more of that kind of stuff uh, as much as I can uh, to, to keep up with the coaching side of things, so... Um, that's about that, really. And other than that, just doing my other job, working from home, is, and uh, yeah, being, being self-employed is a bit stressful as well because you're not sure what's going to happen with. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm working very heavily linked to the oil industry, and the oil industry is uh, crashing and burning again, which, <laughs> as is everything else. So, yeah, it's a bit stressful, but you know, mm-hmm. we just have to get on with it. So. Yeah, I guess that's that's the last. It's uncertain months. times, isn't it? It is. It's the uncertainty that's the worst, I think. For yeah, it's really difficult. Know, it's this sort of. Um, my wife said a, a thing yesterday that it feels like the calm before the storm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're sort of just you know, we 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 did a bit of shopping and stuff. We didn't go crazy. It turns out we probably should have gone crazy because we can't go to the shop now. Had to get somebody to buy us milk and bread and take it round. That sort of thing, but um, but you know we're sort of it's like you're we're getting everything in order and we're just sort of preparing for this like thing that might never happen to us. You know, mm-hmm. it might might not really be that bad up in this neck of the woods. Who knows? But it might be. You know, my my wife thinks it will be. She thinks that the whole country is going to get coronavirus, and um, you know, but, but at the moment there's actually nothing happening. You know, it's just like this. Yeah, be prepared for this. Yeah. Coming, to, coming to get you sort of thing, and it's uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. That um, yeah. So who knows what the next couple of weeks or four weeks or whatever will bring? So well, I'll find I out yeah. fairly quickly. I think. Yeah, we, now. we just need to, like we said with Erica, look after each other and. Yeah, absolutely. It's all we can do. Mm-hmm, more of this sort of link up on video and all that sort of thing. No, no. Yeah, try and use use social media for good. I, I don't really use my personal social media much at all to be honest I, I try not to get uh, 
get uh, tied into that, you know. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I tend not to post stuff because you then get addicted to people commenting on your posts and everything. And I do do that with the Explore Running page, you know, because I'm always yeah. like, oh, who's, how many likes have I got on that post and have I got any more followers? Speaking of which, we're at 997 followers on our page. We're getting <laughs> nearly a thousand. Live check. Every time I do this, we, we lose a couple of followers. We're probably down to 997 followers. So three more to hit that big thousand, which will be exciting for absolutely no reason, but I'll get excited about it anyway. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, well, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens. So let's shift on and have a chat about this very, very tricky Ask the Coach question. So <laughs> uh, thank you to George Noble. He is a clubmate of mine. He is a dad and he has a son who is an absolutely awesome runner, an awesome athlete. In fact, he does swimming and cycling. He's like one local triathlons and everything. And he's only like I don't know, 10 or 11 or something. He's, he, he's absolutely ridiculous. Wow. Good this uh, young boy is. If he, if he wants to, he can be one of the best runners in the country, I think. He's, he's that good, right? But the, the question that, and he's got a little brother as well, and I think he's pretty good, but I'm, I'm not, hmm. I don't really know much about him. But um, George and his wife are both very good runners, and uh, their son is a good, a really good runner. Anyway, so this is where this question comes from. So the, the little guy I know is super competitive. He's driven, and it comes as far as I'm aware, it comes from him. He's not pushed by his parents or anything. It's just, it's just ingrained. And so this is where George's question comes from. So I'll, I'll just read it word for word. So any chance you could address kids running at some point? It is quite the minefield of conflicting advice from little Johnny shouldn't run over a few miles until he is 40 to get touring, because if you lived in Kenya, you'd be running 10 miles to school and back. Uh. A laughing emoji and then in all seriousness though it's hard to prescribe the right mix of running that will optimize for both performance enjoyment and longevity so this is a question that gets debated debated that's why he's found such conflicting advice so I do have the benefit of being a, a UK athletics accredited coach so I've had a little bit of insight into this i'm not a coach of kids in particular um and i haven't done the sort of athletics um coaching i'm a coach in running fitness which is more geared to your endurance running which is generally not uh kids the kids are on the track and doing shorter stuff so but we have had some advice on this and but you know i'm, I'm definitely not an expert so i'm going to say that before i say any more but um, I think it's it, the main thing. I think is about balancing it, and this is really just my opinion. So if you've got a kid who wants to run, I wouldn't stop them running. You know, I wouldn't. If they enjoy it, um, I'd let them go and do it. The only thing that, um, well, the, one of the main bits of advice that that we got, if if we have kids turning up to sessions, if they're below a certain age, which is it differs from child to child, and maturity and all the rest of it, you know, if they're if they're prepubescent, they can't mm -hmm. their muscles won't develop as such. You won't build strength and you won't build any of that sort of thing. But what they can right. learn, what they can learn is about the movements 
and practicing the movements and the skills. So um, yeah, that's so, what we do a lot of yeah, um, at the, school. The techniques and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And then and then what can happen and often does happen, particularly with girls. Um, so not up for George's question because he's he's got a boy, but it could still happen. Is once they hit puberty, they lose a lot of that skills that they've learned for a period of time, and they have to relearn it. They go through okay. Um, a lot of growing in particular, and the hormones uh, mess with their coordination and and all that sort of thing. So, uh, I think when we spoke to Ailish McColgan, actually, she mentioned having a, a period of time where you know she got worse at running. I, I'm not sure if that was around the this time or not, or whether it was just someone separate, but I think it may have been to do with that. Um, right. Common thing in girls in particular, you know, their bodies change obviously a lot um, during that stage. Um, but yeah, and then once they're past that, uh, they're in, they've gone through puberty, they, they, there's a two, two or a three year window where they can make masses of gains um, through their training, obviously it needs to be right so they're not getting injured and not pushing themselves too hard. But there's a sort of development, developmental period where you do know, muscle growth and everything is, is sort of accelerated. I think that's right. Right. Um, I'm not a biology expert either, but it's 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 along those lines. But yeah, so if you if we take it back to prepubescent children, I suppose it is really just about letting them go and run and and enjoy themselves and and mm-hmm. I mean. There, there is conflicting advice, and I don't really want to give particular advice because I know that that boy in particular we're talking about, he has gone and ran that Mormon Hill race at least once. That um, is like five and a half miles up and down the hill, and you know, came in the top ten, I think, when he was wow nine. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, uh, you, know, you don't really want to be holding that back, but it, you maybe do need to hold it back a little bit. So. Um, as long as he's enjoying himself, I guess, is the main thing. Um, but, yeah, not smashing out big, long runs is probably the best bit of advice, I suppose. Um, yeah. T- t- take him down to the running track and let him go to the track sessions. and do. Yes, yeah, so I, I never actually finished what I was saying there earlier. So one of the main b- bits of advice we got for if kids come along to our sessions is to just cut the session down a little bit for them. So I had a girl who used to come to one of my sessions uh, with her dad and I just made her sit out every third rep or something. Um, so she wasn't doing the same volume. She was doing, it was like four, it was not on a track, but it was more or less like 400 meter reps and it was like the adults were doing maybe 12. Say I let her do three sets of three so she missed out the fourth and the eighth and the twelfth reps so she had a longer break between uh so that's a things like that you know just skipping a rep or doing a shorter rep that sort of thing if it's if yeah it's and and then with any other sort of running i suppose the the enthusiastic young child might just run really fast all the time. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not qualified really to say whether that's a good or a bad thing. I know with uh, adults, we we sort of prescribe an 80-20 type of rule where 80% of your running should be in the easy bracket and 20%, no more than 20% 
is harder than that, so that involves all your sessions and stuff. So um, probably just try to limit the overall amount of running in a week. But I know, I know uh, uh, I so George's son that we're talking about. I know he does swimming and cycling and stuff as well. So he's probably not doing too much volume. I don't think because he's getting he's got too much other stuff that he's doing. So the impact yeah. on him will probably not be. He won't be being overloaded, but I guess the problem might be if he decides running is my favourite thing and I want to just do running. How much of it should he do? And I, and I suppose, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The guy in our club who's now 18, so he doesn't really fall into this category, but you know, he's been he's been getting like super, super quick over the last year or two, um, and he was previously running pretty good times. I mean, he was he was going and doing. 10Ks, which some advice you would hear that you would would say for them not to be running as far far as that. And if you go to like the uh, athletics clubs, like Aberdeen Athletics Club and that sort of thing, I think the juniors wouldn't be running any more than 1500 probably in races. Mm. Um, (laughs) Although you do see some of those Aberdeen Athletics pretty young looking guys rocking up at the Baker Hughes 10K. I'm not sure how, maybe when they're 16 or something, maybe, I don't know. But um, yeah, Max Arkov, he was running 10k, he's younger than that certainly, and running pretty good times. Crazy. And then, and then he, uh, but he wasn't doing a lot of miles. Um, you know, he would never have been doing much more than sort of 20 miles a week, and he was still rocking up pretty good times. And then this last year, he's wrapped the miles up a little bit, but not much. He's 18 now, but he's gone from like within the space of a year. I think he took his 10k time from like 36 minutes down to 30. <laughs> or something, you know. That's obviously that's one incredible. He's been, he's been, yeah, he's been sort of working away at it and, and not doing too much, not doing too much, and then he's done a bit more and he's reaped the benefits of it. And and he's, I mean, I would run much more than he does, you know. That he's a young, a young fit athlete and uh, yeah, just banging in mega times. So it probably doesn't really answer the question. It's probably goes a bit with the conflicting advice you've heard, but yeah, I think striking a balance between the two extremes, so, you, you know, the, it's a quite the minefield of conflicting advice from Little John, he shouldn't run over a few miles until he's 40 to get to because if he lived in Kenya, he'd be running 10 miles to school and back, so yeah, I think I think a bit of a balance, because if you think about the, um, there's a bit of a recurring theme often, and I don't know if it's if it's because of the way the sort of East Africans have gone about things, but there's a lot of these guys who run big, big, big miles, and they've done it since they were kids because they've had to, and they are amazing runners, but they burn out in their early 20s, mm. and you never see them again. Not all of them. There are some that, you know, like Kipchoge is well in his 30s now, and um, obviously is the best marathoner in the world, but... Um, you know, there are, there are quite a lot. There's, it's just like a, a conveyor belt of super, super quick guys running marathons at young age and then disappearing. You never hear them again. So I don't know if that's a burnout from overtraining too young. But I think I don't think it's ever. I don't think there should ever be a rush to go into the bigger distances. You know, I think enjoying that shorter stuff and you'll get the benefit of that as well in later life because you'll benefit from the speed, you know, you hear about guys who, who raced on the track when they were younger, doing 15 to quick 1500s and 1500s, and, and then they step up when they're a bit older, you know, they're not quite 
elite level athletes in the 1500 or, or whatever, and so but they're still mega quick. So when they step up to 5k, 10k, and eventually marathons and stuff, they that speed that they've had is brilliant for them in the future. So yeah, I don't know anything to add to that, Jenny. I I've got such little. Um experience working I mean I obviously through my work have running clubs and I've done my junior jog Scotland type thing through active schools but I've only ever had the role where I'm trying to encourage um, sort of people within secondary school age Ah, to be active Mm -hmm. and I've never ever really I mean I've uh, the Dinec Dash has always been like the goal for the kids that we have or these um, active schools do a series of, of running events where they're maybe running a kilometre to two and a half kilometres for the yeah. older ones um, and they're quite you know they're they're fairly low in distance but they, they're rapid you know these kids mm. are so rapid <laughs> so I've worked and we do a lot of like you were saying about technique, so we do a lot yeah. of game playing, um, which is actually drills. Yeah. You know, we 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 sort of try to make drills really fun and engaging, so that yeah. we can get more people, more young people into running. And then, as far as stamina goes, we kind of build it up, but we we don't really follow um, a program going up to five k. But then, saying that, you know, we have kids that drop in to the adult running sessions where we'll run maybe we'll do sort of like the couch to 5k program um and the kids will they sort of they come along um and do that but they're they're pretty sporadic the ones that we have we've got a couple of very dedicated ones but the dedicated ones always go and seek um proper training from other running clubs usually ones in aberdeen aberdeen athletics or metro um that have like obviously like you were saying like yourself you know real real coaches uh who are trained uh, for that for that age and i've always erred on the side of caution when i've worked with um children and i think certainly from my point of view it's about encouraging the fun side and getting technique laid down so that as they do get into adulthood they're then able to take their running further that's really only the only role that i've ever played i've always been really wary like you were saying about i don't don't want to cause any damage or Mm -hmm. you know these young hormonal children that are growing and sprouting you know the last thing i want to do is be pushing kids to be running too far and too fast i just kind of let them do their thing it's really difficult and i think i think you're right and it's about promoting just the the love of the sport so and letting letting them sort of explore it within their own boundaries and with their own their own time frames without feeling pressure and obviously kids that are going to excel are going to um you know be encouraged to go down the down the right track so yeah it's a it's a, it's a good a good one yeah good it's topic. a tricky, tricky tricky question to answer and i think uh, yeah talking about going to clubs that you know have got properly qualified coaches to, to coach kids is a good idea but obviously like i know that i can't imagine that being an option for somebody who lives in Fraser to have their kids going to aberdeen athletics so fraser has got a kids section i don't really know much about it i've never been at it um they do have coaches who uh, take the kids there and, and 
I imagine that he's been to those sessions as well, but he's maybe just he's maybe getting to an age where he's maybe outgrown it. I'm not sure. I don't know what age mm-hmm. it is. I should I should know more about that given that I'm a member of the club. But um yeah, tricky one. So um hopefully that's helped at least a little bit, George. Um and anyone else who's got a, a super enthusiastic uh, running child in their family, um, but yeah, I think I think what you're looking at is the enjoyment side of it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they, yeah. Uh, just do just it feel safe. It, let them do it. Yeah. yeah, within their within their own boundaries. Um, and just yeah. don't push. Don't don't push them. That's never. I don't think that's ever a good idea with. The <laughs> Uh, pushing them because they, yeah, just let them. If they want to push themselves, fantastic, you know, and and just be there for them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have an ask the coach question lined up for next time. So we want. I'll have to make it up myself unless somebody sends <laughs> one in. <laughs> so please send us uh, any questions you've got, and uh, we'll do our best. Um, so I think we're going to wrap it up there because we are just about reaching our two-hour. Yeah. Limit. Um, usual stuff. Please give us a rating and subscribe, and please check us out on Facebook. There's absolutely nothing happening at the moment because we're not allowed to. No group trail runs, no coaching sessions, none of that stuff. Um, everything's off at the moment. So, but do keep an eye on the Facebook page because I am hoping to do some different stuff on there. Um, hopefully get some interaction and that sort of thing. I haven't. No idea what that is yet, but I'll, I'll have a think about it, and maybe do some, like I said, some sort of drills, exercises, and that sort of thing. Facebook Get some live. fun challenges on the go. Uh, yeah, I think about that. Maybe do some local exploring. And uh, our um, our friends at Tartan Running Shorts podcast, they've got this cool thing on their Strava called um, I think they call it hashtag City Limits, where they're getting oh. to, to um, run round the entire city or oh, cool. put it on Strava and hashtag city limits. Oh, that's they're cool. To, they're, they're trying to cover the whole of Scotland, so <laughs> we'll maybe try and think of something along those lines. Um, I was going to do it for Stricken, which wouldn't be that challenging. It's a one mile loop around Stricken isn't, uh, isn't a big deal, but yeah, some stuff like that's cool. Just get a bit of interaction because people are going to be feeling a bit isolated and lonely over the coming weeks mm-hmm. and months, so if we can help each other out, that would be great. So, anyway, I think Excellent. we'll call it a day there, Jenny. We've managed to do it with yeah. before 11 o'clock. Whoop, whoop. Fantastic. So, Excellent. we will chat again. If not before, I'm sure we'll chat before, but if not before, in a couple of weeks' time. And yeah. Hopefully, another, another inspiring guest for you. Excellent. Yet. And the coronavirus won't be over. I was guessing hopefully it will be over, but it won't be. It won't be. Um, we'll be able to talk about the. That'll be more of the topic than yeah, running. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Right. Bye. Bye.